Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Let's get into the Word. Amen. Uh, grab your seats. Grab your seats. Uh, we we'll jump straight in. Um, just quickly, in case you haven't met them, was anyone here Friday night? Uh, we met some of us. Uh, you saw my family. For those that haven't, this is them. Uh, Jana is my beautiful wife. Uh, uh, that's that's me on the left, just in case. And uh, and what a good-looking rooster. And uh, I'm, I'm 42. Uh, Shans is 41, and uh, we've been married for 17 years. And uh, she's a pastor remedial massage therapist and a naturopath. How good is that? Uh, I don't like healthy food and I don't like massage. So uh, thank God I love Jesus because uh, one of the three. And, uh, uh, but she's amazing. That's my oldest son there, Jackson, with the mullet. Um, and uh, my youngest son with a hair bun, uh, living my hair dreams through my children and uh, pushing them towards an MBA career. But uh, none of the Greenwoods are tall. So uh, that's not gonna happen. We're a little bit short. Anyone short here today? Can't see you too short. And, uh, uh, but that's my family and they're pretty amazing. And for the sake of keeping everyone in the room for a few more weeks, I'm not going to talk about dogs, cats, animals or anyone that I offended on Friday. Uh, Pastor Jared said, send him letters. He'd love to read them. Uh, so uh, I, do, I do have a word uh, for you. And, uh, and as soon as uh, Pastor Jared asked me, and I started praying about what to share, this scripture came into my heart and it's an encouragement for both where you are, but also a lift your eyes for what God's coming. Uh, as I'm about to share this, the, the, word, the two words God kept giving in my spirit was a fresh wave, a new wave, a fresh wave, a new wave. I, I, I felt these two things. I believe in this next season and I, and I say this to allow you to have expectation. Uh, you know, you, you need expectation to receive the promises of God. And there's something about when you get expectation, the person next he gets expectation and that's why God gives the prophetic so it can not allow us just to be surprised but actually have an expectant spirit that leads to faith so that we can receive everything that God's got for us. There's going to be in this next season, I believe, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be miracles, signs and wonders that is going to allow a lift in us because God's got new and fresh expansive vision for the church. He stretched us into so many different places in Montreal and of course in, in Africa and in Germany and Melbourne, here in Perth. Uh, and there's something here in this church. Never, never forget that as the, you know, as the first, as the lead church, you're like the head and the oil flows on Aaron's head and goes to the edge of the garments. There's something about the faith you carry, the generosity you carry, the unity and family that we have here in this campus, right here in Perth, that actually not only affects us and this church, but it flows out to the other campuses. And I feel what's going to happen is there's going to be new expansive vision and direction that is in the same in the same way we went before, but it's going to have a freshness about it. And I don't know what that looks like, but I do feel God says there's a precursor of an anointing and a grace that will fill you to pour out again. Amen. And the scripture I got is, uh, it comes from Isaiah 43. You might know it. It says, forgetting the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Behold, I do a new thing. Now, when Isaiah gives this scripture, he's not saying the past is bad. Just before he reminds them of the Red Sea parting. He's like, it's a pretty incredible miracle. 
But he's like, don't box me, don't limit me, don't restrict me to what you know, what happened in the past season, what God did in previous moments, conferences, years or, or seasons of your life. It was good, but forgetting the former things, don't dwell on the past. Behold, I do a new thing. George, come up here, Pastor George. Um, it goes on and says, uh, let, me, let me read it to you. Forgetting the former things, don't dwell on the past. Behold, I do a new thing. Now, everyone say now. Now, now it springs forth. Now, you might be like, but I'm not seeing that. Like, there's promises over your life you've been waiting for. Maybe you've been believing for a child. Or, and that waiting time's real. You, a job because you want to provide for your family. A vision and direction because you don't want to stay stuck. Those things are real when you're in that in-between, that waiting, that desert season, that pruning. And it says, now it springs. And sometimes it's hard to have faith because we hear words like, now it springs, but I don't see it. In the Hebrew, that word springs is better translated sprouts. What it means is the promises of God are not always in your hand, but they're in within your reach. They're, they're beneath the surface. When something's sprouting, you can't fully see the fruit of it, but there's life on the tree. It's as we abide in Him and He takes us for fruit, more fruit, much fruit and lasting fruit. Sometimes there's a pruning season, but that doesn't mean the tree's dead. That just means there's a more much and lasting fruit season coming. So there's something sprouting in the Spirit. Even as I come in here, it's not just a, that we're a great faith-filled, Spirit-loving, people-loving church. It's that there's something sprouting in the supernatural, in the atmosphere of this church. But it says, here's the key. He sprouts, but you've got to embrace. Forgetting the former things, don't dwell in the past. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it springs, do you not perceive it? That word perceive is the word embrace. Now, sometimes when you get a promise, we're like, side hug it. Like if I don't know Jordan, I'm a bit uncomfortable. I side, you know, you give someone a good old side hug. Yeah. And there's not much commitment here. This is well and truly in the safe zone of hugs. You know, it's like, okay, uh, uh, God's gonna bless me. Uh, you side hug it. God wants to do something like I've never seen before. You sometimes side hug those promises. But that's not what it's saying. If you wanna embrace the new thing, you gotta get a little bit uncomfortable, Jordan. <laughs> You gorgeous thing. Yeah, you gotta, you got to get a little bit like, you know, out of that safe zone. you got to step out of the boat. This embrace is the way that a husband and wife embraces. And since my wife is not here, Jordan, tuck on in. you got to, don't look behind. This is what it says. It says, get up in there. When God wants to do a new thing. Yeah, don't let go. Don't let go. Man, I tell you what, it smells good. Like it's cheap, it's Nivea for men, but it's good, all right? And, uh, and, and, and he says when there's, when there's a promise, when there's a prophetic word, when God's saying there's more, you've got to be able to embrace it in a way that says, I am so committed to it, there's no way I'm letting go. Let go, it's weird, all right, go. Uh, can we thank Him? Don't, don't look me in the eyes. It's... Uh, Here's the thing, if you've, if you've gotten stuck, if you're just living off something that God imparted or gave to you in the past season, if, you, if you've just remained still, it says in Psalm 37, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, not the stops of a righteous man. It also doesn't say the leaps. You don't have to be at the final destination yet, but just don't stay here. Keep on stepping in faith into the promises of God. Keep on grabbing a hold of what God's got for you. Maybe you are in an in-between season. Maybe there's been Confusion. Maybe you don't understand why things have gone the way they've gone. Maybe there's a promise from God that hasn't fully realised in your life. He says, I'm about to do a new thing. It's sprouting. But in faith, you've got to grab a hold of it today. Amen. 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 
Just think about, you need to know you have the favour of God on your life. This church has the favour of God. And you, as a follower of Jesus, have the favour of God. And sometimes we're like, no, well, not right now, because I don't have a job. Or my kids are away from God, or my marriage is struggling. And because and, and, we think favour is when everything's easy. Like, you got a promotion, favour. Three traffic lights on the way to work today, favour. <laughs> Car park right at the shop of the mall, favour, ain't fair. Made a great pavlova, favour. Got a boyfriend, favourite girlfriend. <coughs> we can't put favour to that. Because if when you're out of the blessing of God or if you grow up in a, in a family that doesn't have it all together or your circumstances aren't perfect, does that mean you're less favoured? Not at all. The favour of God means that He delights in you. Yeah. It, it means that you have His grace, which is sufficient for all of your lack. You see, the favour of God is His presence in your life constantly. And it's not because of what you've done or what you deserve or how good a Christian you are. It is just that Jesus loves you. And at the cross, there is an exchange and we accept half of it, but often not the second half. We accept that at the cross, there was an exchange where He took my sin. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus today, and if you just would accept Him into your life, the shame from your past can be removed. Hope for your future can be given and life for eternity. We can receive that and we understand that here there's an exchange and He takes my sin. But in that exchange, it means while He takes my sin, I receive His favour. You see, Jesus had the favour of God, not because of what He did. Before He did any ministry, at His baptism, the Father said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. It wasn't about what He did. It was just that He was the Son of God. And now because of Christ, we are children of God. We have brought into the family of God. We are heirs with Christ. And therefore, you have His favour. You are the favourite of God. And you can't lose it. The enemy can't take your favour. You need to hear this today. Doesn't matter what your behaviour has been like. What God has given, the enemy cannot remove. May think I've lost it. No, you haven't lost. You cannot lose your favour when you are in His favour, when you are in Christ. Whether my kids are perfect or imperfect and and there's seasons where they're very imperfect, they do not lose their favour from my life for one moment. And it is the same when it comes to you and God. So how do we then walk through difficult and frustrating seasons when we aren't seeing the blessing and the favour, how do I embrace what God says will be new when I'm walking through dry and desert times? Let's go to Genesis 26 verse 1. It starts with this very scenario. Now there was a famine in the land. Maybe jobless, maybe waiting to fall pregnant, maybe single, maybe waiting on a promise with your kids. There's a famine season. It goes on in verse 3. God says to Isaac, stay in this land for a while. Don't leave, don't run, don't quit. Sometimes you've got to keep turning up. You've got to keep being still. There's a famine season, stay in this land a while and I'll be with you and I will bless you. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I'll give them all of these lands and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. It says, Isaac planted crops in that land. Sometimes you've got to embrace the season in faith for what will sprout but hasn't sprung yet. He didn't leave. He planted crops in a famine season. He dug a well. 
there was enough supply and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him because he had the favour of God. He became a, he became, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he was very wealthy. Isaac sowed in a famine season when many people turned away, walked away and gave up and found another alternative method. And because he sowed in faith, God rewards him with a hundredfold harvest. But it goes on in verse 14 to 15. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and the servants of the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. You see, he's in a favour season and the enemy comes and realises his source of water, that living water, that life source, which allowed for him to have a hundredfold harvest. The enemy doesn't like what he's walking in. So the enemy comes and puts dirt in his water well. You see, notice this, the enemy can't take your favour. So he tries to stop your flow. When he can't take away your favour, he tries to get away, get in the way of your flow. He tries to stop you from getting into the presence of God. He tries to talk to you and say your prayers aren't being answered. He tries to stop you going to your source of faith, which is the Word. So what happens is when he can't take you out, he tries to dry you out. But you might be dry, but you're not out. You might be here and you're broken today and that is the doorway for God's grace, which is sufficient for you. You might be empty here today and that is the place of availability for the Holy Spirit's filling with living water. Amen. It's here in your lack that He can be your supply. But don't leave, you need to dig another well. A few uh, years ago, it was November. Shans and I, my wife, take holidays in November and uh, for a week every year. And we decided to do our Christmas shopping early. Uh, and we did all of our shopping in one day. It was a Christmas miracle. And, uh, and we come home exhausted from the day and my wife gets the shopping and she puts it on the back of the door and collapses. And, 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 and we just went on with the rest of the night. And so she's making dinner and that night the bins were, had to go out. She said, take the bins out. And so I took the bins out and and my wife always puts the rubbish bin to be taken out on the back of the front door. And so I went and grabbed the rubbish as she, instru- she instructed and, and I put it in the bin. And the next day, the faithful bin people come and they remove the rubbish. And a few days later, Sean said, have you seen the Christmas shopping? I said, what did you do with it? And she said, I put it on the back of the front door. She said, have you seen it? I said, it's gone to Christmas heaven. (laughs) She said, what? I said, you sent it to Christmas heaven. (laughs) And she's like, what do you mean? She said, oh, uh, I took the rubbish that was on the back of the front door and I chucked it in the bin, but I didn't realise it was the presents. Now we had a debate about who was responsible for this. (laughs) And, and, And because she's not here, I want to let you know it was her fault. (laughs) But Bianca, if you ever meet her and talk to her, it was mine. And I never said this. So what happened is the next Saturday, I had to go out Christmas shopping. I don't know what Shans did, but let me tell you, I had to go out again and replenish the presents. 
Hey, sometimes life happens. Sometimes whether it be your fault or maybe your wife's fault or whatever it is that's going on, you have to just make a decision. I'm not going to stay stuck here. I'm going to go and dig another well. You see, Isaac has this revelation. Isaac has this revelation. I can stay stuck or I can dig another well. Goes on, verse 19, after they put the dirt in the well, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered, see it, a well of fresh water. Everyone say fresh. Fresh Fresh water there. See, the enemy tries to take you out because he knows if I I can't stop your favour, but I can make you dry. But Isaac realised something. The source of that water was not the well. It was the reservoir under the ground. The well was just attached to a reservoir. Sometimes we think our source is our job. Sometimes we think our source is that person. Sometimes we think that source is that relationship, that holiday, that situation, maybe the way I I work or serve or whatever. But let me tell you, none of that is your source. Your source is Jesus. And from Jesus, there is a source of living water. Isaac, realise. Try block it. Try get in the way. Try and restrict it. I know where my source comes from and he digs another well. I want to encourage you today. If you've gotten stuck at a no, don't get stuck there. Push in. Dig another well. If there's a limitation on flow, it's just that the waters have got a little muddy. It's not a water restriction. It's just a fresh dig away. It's time to remind yourself of your favour and pick up your God-given authority and take authority over your home, your family, your kids and your future because you are the favoured of God. We get stuck though in disappointment and we stop in frustration and we focus on hurt and the wrong words which have the power of life and death come off our tongue and we start complaining and comparing and we end up settling in complacency but it's time to dig a well and get back in His presence again. For some of you, it's time to change the words that are coming out of your mouth. It's time to, uh, uh, to get back in His presence. For some of you, it's time to get into fasting again. In the midst of adversity, keep digging the well into the river of God because you'll find fresh water there. Amen. Amen. So He moves on. And it says there, in verse 20, then the shepherds from Guerrero came and they claimed the spring. This is our water, they said. And they argued with Isaac's herdsman. So Isaac named that well Esek, which means argument. Do you know what I love? What he did, they have an argument now about this next well, this second well. And all he does is he calls it for what it is and he moves on and guess what he does? He digs another well. He doesn't focus on it. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't enter into the argument. He moves on and he digs another well. I said to you before, the enemy can't take your favour and he also can't take away your authority because what God gives you, he can't remove. But what we can do is we can come into agreement with him and we lay it down. So what happened with Adam and Eve, he never took away their favour or their authority. God gave them all dominion but they came into agreement with what he said and they laid it down. What happens is when situations 
When we put our focus on situations that are happening in our life and we begin to talk about them more than we talk about who our, where the favour comes from, when we start to agree and, and focus on the problems around us, what happens is we come into agreement with the natural things rather than living in the supernatural space. And what happens is the one who has authority here on earth, uh, has authority over the earth, begins to have authority over us. But instead, we have to take up the authority that Christ gave to us. What we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what we loose on earth will be loose in heaven and step back into that authority. Sometimes there's, there's, there's crashes and difficulties in life, uh, but he's given us the keys. Now, let me tell you a quick story. When I, was, uh, when I was young, all I wanted to do was get my license. Uh, and, uh, and from 13, I waited and counted down the days until I could get my license. And, and, and I read the logbook and I studied that and, and, and I had Nintendo 64, so I was playing Need for Speed and I was, I was preparing to go and get my license. And, um, and the day came before I turned 16 and I'd made my mixtape ready to go. And uh, if you know, you get it. Uh, Young people. And, uh, and I went to mum and dad and said, tomorrow I go get my licence. And my dad's a police officer and my mum's Chilean and together, that's a cocktail of fear. And, uh, and, and, they, and they said, Josh, we're not letting you get your licence until you're 18. No one feels bad for me. And, uh, and so for the next two years in, in sackcloth and ashes, I, I, I obeyed and, 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 and read the book more and, uh, and made my next mixtape and played my next game and was prepared. And at 18, I was finally able to go and take the test. I passed it straight away. Of course, I did. been studying for five years. And, uh, <laughs> and then... And then for the next year, I learned to drive. And at 19, I, I did the driving test and I passed it straight away, favour. And, uh, and, and then I said to Dad, Dad, give me the keys to the car. And we had a big yellow Ford station wagon. We called it the big banana. I said, Dad, hand over the big banana. And Dad's like, Josh, I think you just need to wait a little bit longer. Uh, and I said, Dad, Glenn, come on, give me the keys. He said, one lap, one lap around the block. And I said, that's all I need. So my brothers come out and they're like, yeah, it's a big moment. Like, you know, releasing the doves. We were poor, they were seagulls. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, he, my brothers are like, take the car sidewards. And my mum's praying in tongues or, or speaking Spanish. We could never tell. And, uh, and my dad's like, don't you crash my car. And, and so I take, I take off and I go around the first corner, second corner. I get to the last corner before coming home and I'm waiting at the traffic lights. I've got a, a, a red light to turn right and I get a green and I go into the intersection. And as I go into the intersection, I feel the presence of a vehicle coming through. And I turn to my right and I say a vehicle and there is a truck going through a red light. And in in this truck is the oldest man you have ever seen. Methuselah is alive in Adelaide, driving the streets of Adelaide in a truck. And he goes through the intersection and takes out the front of my car. I know, now you feel for me. I reversed onto the medium strip, went to see if he was okay. Of course he was, he'll live forever. And, uh, and I ring my dad. I'm like, Dad, how are you, mate? He's like, why are you ringing? Can't a dad, can't a son just ring his dad telling him he loves him? Not today. <laughs> My dad, you were so right for making me wait for two years. He's like, what's happened? You been in a car accident? I said, no, dad. It was a truck. Uh, <laughs> so I get home. My brothers are like, you took it sidewards. Mum's tongue, Spanish, whatever. And, and I think it's over. And my dad, 
I go to hand in the keys and he puts them straight back in my hand. So they gave you the car. Let's get in it and let's get it fixed. He's a good dad. He wasn't for two years, but now he's a good dad. (laughs) Here's the point. When he gives you the keys, he gives you the keys. And when Jesus gave his life so you could have favour and authority and he gave you the keys to this earth, he gave you keys and dominion that whatever you bind and loose will be bound or as it is on earth, it will be in heaven. Uh, that's saying whatever, he, whatever is according to his will and whatever is in his word, once we realise that and we come into agreement with it, you have been given all authority. It's not time to hand the keys in because it's been a desert season or a lax season or an in between season or there's been an argument or there's been hostility don't over spiritualize it stop focusing on the enemy sometimes we just got to call it for what it is sometimes I just messed it up sometimes life is just difficult sometimes it's just his pruning but let me tell you this you cannot lose your favor and authority it's been given to you for life go dig another well stop focusing on the enemy dig another well Lost your job? Dig another well. Fights at home? Dig another well there. Start praying over your marriage. Start declaring about your kids. Start taking ground yet. Forgetting the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Behold, He's doing a new thing. Amen. Amen. Come on. You have the keys. There's a source. It's not about this patch. It's not about where I've been. It's about the source and His name is Jesus team can come. So he digs another well, but yet again, oh man, sometimes I love how the Bible just shows me other people have drama too. Because <laughs> you think finally he's going to have some clear space. No, no, another argument. This time, but again, there was a dispute over this new well. Put on the screen, it says, so Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. When there's hostility, it's not just an argument, it tries to change who you are. Hostility gets in your spirit, messes with your soul. It's where it's no longer just situational, it's personal. And they're the ones that really hurt. They're the ones that make you stuck. But he just calls it for what it is, it's hostility. It's a distraction. He's trying to block my flow again. You just say to you, sometimes you're right, but it's not about being right. (laughs) Sometimes you're been mistreated is unfair but it's not about what is fair it's about his favour and sometimes you're fighting them in your head and you need to let go and stop looking at the natural and get your prophetic vision back and remember where your source came from because it wasn't the person and it wasn't the job and it wasn't the situation the source is that living water shall flow from the belly Isaac didn't even enter the fight see you later Devil attack me, I'll dig another well. Make me dry, I'll dig another well. Surely, everyone say surely. surely. Goodness and mercy, mercy. Shall, follow me shall follow me all the days of my life. Everyone say surely. surely. Not possibly. Because the favour of the shepherd, goodness and mercy follows you. So it's not about that patch, it's about the water. It's about the source, it's about the anointing, it's about the supply. So Isaac moves on, it's time to forgive, it's time to step again, it's time to find what that new well is, it's time to dig again. And there, abandoning that one, 
Not that it was a bad one, it just wasn't the one. Thankful for the fruitful seasons and the more fruitful seasons, but I want the much and lasting fruitful seasons. So I endure the pruning. Abandoning that one, it says, Isaac move on, moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named that place Rehoboth, which means open space. Jesus' name, there's a season of open space coming over your life. There's a space where you're gonna be able to stretch wide the tent pegs, be able to believe for more and greater measure. He said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. God's able and willing and can and does meet your need. Sometimes you just gotta move from your comfort zone because the breakthrough and blessing is not always where you've been. It's wherever His source is. We say things like, all of His promises are yes and amen. It's not what it says. It says all His promises are yes and we utter the amen, which means He's not saying no to you. He's already said yes, but you've got to find where the yes is and say amen. Sometimes we're saying, God bless where I am. We need to say, God, I'll just come whatever you're blessing. I'll be wherever you are. And as you say, yes, I amen that, not you, yes, what I ask you to amen. He's our source, forgetting the former things. Do not dwell on the past. There is hope for your marriage still. There is life in you for your kids. There is a future for your family. He is your provider. He is enough. It's time to believe that there is healing for my body. So I'm going to dig a well. I'm gonna get in the presence of God. I'm gonna get on my knees again. Even if I don't hear anything yet, I'm gonna keep on digging. I'm gonna open the Word, even if I don't hear something today. I'm gonna keep standing in His presence, even if I don't feel like it. Time to dream again. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good. In Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.